Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Beyond the Board. Uh, we're back, boys. Another another summer episode coming to you. Um, it's it's been an interesting week so far, and it's only Monday. Uh, I don't know about you guys, but work's been <laughs> yeah, no. crazy. So this feels- Monday was kind of one for the books. It it kicked off my two week notice with unusual fashion, just utter chaos, dude yeah i i can only imagine um so it feels good to kick back and do something you know just very very chill um and so this week we're talking about paladins um paladins in my opinion i like to call them the tutorial class to D. um be i mentioned this in our first uh I think our second episode about character creation. Um, Paladins are very good at teaching new players the ropes of D&D, which is why I kind of push new players in that general direction, um, because they teach you about, you know, they're very much um, front lines with sword and shield or some dual handing weapons. Uh, You could compare them to crusaders or holy knights or round table status and... um, people can kind of vibe with that uh also it teaches them every teaches players every aspect of the game from mounted combat when they get the horse at, i think level three um also it teaches them spell casting down the road healing tanking and all sorts of immunities so it's definitely what i consider the tutorial class very very vanilla D uh character um so i'm super excited about it <laughs> I'm super excited to talk about Paladins. Um, but Paladins are super sweet. The, one of the campaigns that we're playing in is uh, the only... Is the Paladin uh, that I'm playing. I'm playing a Paladin, in other words. And it's actually been pretty fun, the one session we had. And I think we're only going to get two in the books. Right, Colin? Seems like it. <laughs> yeah, Colin's moving, so we won't be able to um, continue the campaign, sadly. Maybe we'll go online, but we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens. Um, but paladins are super sweet. Just giving you a base rundown of the class itself. Uh, like we always talk about, their saving throws. Uh, the saving throws for this class is pretty straightforward. I actually really agree with what the Wizards of the Coast decided to do with this one. Uh, it's wisdom and charisma. Um, now, the reason for this is wisdom. You have to understand difference in religion, like we talked about with the clerics, and trying to perceive the um, very intricate woven spoken word from um, religion. On top of that, as well as charisma, um, you gotta convince people that you are a bannerman for righteousness or wickedness or whatever sacred order you're a part of. So you have to, you know, kind of persuade people into knowing what you're actually doing. So pretty much paladins are salesmen <laughs> when it comes to the charisma based. Um, they get a myriad of different Christ abilities. For missionaries, paladins are the salesmen. Yeah, that's 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 basically it. Um, in in um, D and D, they paladins are very much, you know, frontlining. They're very tanky because they get proficiencies in shields, heavy metal, um, plate armor. Um, so they they get very tanky up front. Plus, they get a bunch of healing effects where they can. Um, but aren't spells. I believe it's called Lay on Hands that they get level one. It's basically this pool of healing that you can just invoke on yourself or on other people as a bonus action. 
and it just heals. What's really cool about paladins is they get a bunch of uh, features that kind of protect them and their allies. So they get aura of protection, which allows them to add bonuses to saving throws equals to the paladin's charisma modifier. Um, they also get aura of courage, which helps them not be frightened as long as they're within 10 to 15 feet of them. So as long as you're next to a paladin as they progress in their class, you're going to be fine. Um, paladins also get a bunch of game-breaking abilities, in my opinion, like Divine Health at level 3. They can no longer be affected by diseases. So anything like that that you throw at the party, the paladin doesn't have to worry about it. On top of that, they get immune to fear later on in the game, um, which means uh, intimidating presence, like from a dragon, paladins are fine. While everyone else is rolling all these saving throws, paladins just kind of give two thumbs up to the DM. <laughs> They're just buckling down for the fight. They're, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're just like, oh, that's a cool dragon right there. Oh, sweet. I guess we're going to fight this while everyone else is just kind of running around and making saving throws. Pretty cool stuff. And the best thing about paladins and my favorite ability in the game game um for paladins is divine smite um divine smite oh, it's, it, it's very good and it's they had to do a, a 5e rework of it because in 3.5 it wasn't good um because 3.5 you had to declare i'm gonna smite this creature before you roll but with and so like you had a chance to miss and then oh you just wasted a spell slot um but yeah, that, in, that's fine yeah it was, it was bad and also like it in 3.5 you it only worked like the opposite of your alignment so like if you were good lawful good you could only smite chaotic evil creatures so <laughs> it's so rare to run into like the exact opposite of you yeah so it's it's weird so like if it's like okay i i smite this i'm gonna smite this dude and then the dm's like well he's just neutral smite doesn't work and they wasted it <laughs> so it's kind of even though you're fighting them in combat exactly they're, they're, they're neutral exactly but divine smite doesn't work in three in fifth edition though it's you expend a spell slot on for everyone exactly on uh you on hit you expel a spell slot and you can divine smite which gives 2d8 radiant damage on top of your blow you get that at level two which is kind of nuts they get a really very strong level two um they get fighting style spell casting and divine smite all in the same level up <laughs> so the paladins are very they never really fall off they just kind of grow and grow and grow because they're such a popular concept for a character um which is interesting i don't necessarily like paladins to play with in tabletop games um but in skyrim and i play a paladin class all the time that's my favorite class i'll go heavy armor take a shield with a short sword and do throw a bunch of skills into block heavy armor and um uh restoration and it's really fun <laughs> but in tabletop it doesn't really translate i think it's just kind of like huh, yeah it's cool just very very vanilla to me and so all you paladin fans out there screw you <laughs> no i'm just i'm just kidding <laughs> yeah, i'll say you really feel <laughs> i'm just kidding paladins are sweet i just I thought not druid was gonna get the most hate but now we're here <laughs> we're here dude. every three episodes it's just we're gonna be here um truth keep on trend yeah honestly Drew just shits on every class except for wizard of bard <laughs> Hey, I, I, I had great things to say about Monk, dude. Okay, come on. <laughs> <laughs> but you're right. Everything else is just dirt. So, um, 
no, I, I joke, of course, of course. Clerics are cool, too. Um, so, um, Paladins, what about anything standing out to you guys about the Paladin main features of the class? I know I, I kind of, I'll just say you were I, mean, I just, just kind of went bam, bam, bam <laughs> with it really quickly. Um, but We're not like it, you, you kind of covered it all. Like how the, the amount of abilities you have to kind of take care of yourself and the party, you're, <laughs> who did we say was the healing mama? Was that cleric? Yeah. Again, clerics and paladins have a lot of parallels between them, but the clerics were the healing mamas. And the paladins are the mamas where they see their babies get hit and they roll up and just smack the shit out of the other person. Yeah, and that's the thing. Um, paladin is, you could consider a hybrid class that they have healing to them, yes, but that's not really their main core. Like they not, do, yeah, it's not their focus. I, I think they get like lesser restoration. I don't think they ever get greater because they only have spell level to five, one through five. Yeah. Um, and they get a couple of healing spells in there, but a lot of it is very interesting because clerics are the, you can consider priests, um, paladins. You want to make sure you're getting healed in battle. Yeah, paladins are more of the hand of the organization, deity, or oath. And so they are very much the uh, angel of death you would say instead of the angel of like care you know I, I i don't know if that necessarily translate always but instead of um clerics being very concerned in healing and doing all these certain things to the party paladins very much so have a lot of damage that they bust out. i'm not saying that clerics don't but paladins are more so martial class than they are um you know healers and important really, shit. really you should not be spending any of your spell slots as a paladin on anything else other than smite yeah that's my like, I, I agree I you agree. should you like maybe if the occasion calls for it and it's like an emergency but at the end of the day especially if you've got a cleric who has a better spell pool than you within the same school like there's you save those for for smites that's exactly. really all you're using those spell slots for my favorite thing about paladins though is um, and it's more against me always playing against type is you don't actually have to be like a religious nut to right. play like as as your character your power doesn't actually come from your deity it comes from your oath yeah so you're just so devoted to whatever oath you take so essentially whatever your worldview is and you're so I'm devoted to that, that so i think we'll all get into um, that with our character builds for this week yeah, like that's where your power comes from, and so it's like you might be the champion of. Uh, you just really hate people talking during movies. Yeah, and uh, you you swear an oath to kill anyone that does that, and you, boom, you're a paladin of uh, movie watching. Yeah, and that is a really shitty example, respect. but you know what I mean. No, that's not a, that's not a shitty example. I'm I'm, I ve I'm very much that paladin. I'll go to movies with my in-laws and they're very loud. And if they're listening, dudes, you know you're very loud. And so like they'll I'll be, I, I remember <laughs> going to the latest James Bond movie and we were sitting on the back row and there was like eight of us and they were all whispering back, not whispering, talking the whole movie back and forth. And I was just like, I wanted to just crawl into my shell try to crawl under the under the row of chairs to go sit somewhere else but i, I was right next to my grandfather-in-law and my father-in-law there was no escape <laughs> so <laughs> you get going where are you going i know honestly but it it, it was yeah i i talked to my wife about it all the time i'm like man that was a that was a loud movie <laughs> uh it's funny um but smile you're totally right one 
paladins they need to save it first might because on top of whatever damage they're doing like let's say they forgo having like a, a sword uh, like a shield and they just pick up like a great axe and 1d12 um they can expend um a spell slot and get up to 5d8 extra radiant damage on top of that so it's oh, it, it's it's kind of crazy especially because they get at level two which i mean they just automatically get to do a bonus 2d8 radiant damage it's nuts that's there's nothing like else we said there's game. nothing but up from there's not yeah from level, level one there's it doesn't slow down it's all gas um and paladins are sweet that way and i think that is something they changed from 3.5 if i can remember because paladins were very much tethered to a religion before 5e where it's these oaths now because i believe you had to be a paladin of a certain religion or domain similar to cleric um, but they switched it off to oath and i could be wrong but i'm pretty sure that's how it was um which is cool because paladins are just these they they stand for what they believe in and it brings them away from like righteous uh, avatars of their like deities and they can be like these certain subclasses that i'm sure we're going to get into in just a minute so um it's pretty cool stuff um should we get dive on into the subclasses let's freaking do it um i'll go ahead and start with this one um so so like like i mentioned earlier i am running a paladin i'm playing a paladin in the game uh that colin's running uh sadly we only got one episode left or one session um but i chose to do oath of the watchers for him so that's what i'm gonna do my subclass on and the oath of the watchers is really cool um because instead of being like um like oath of glory or they'd strive for like a certain thing or like vengeance or something oath of the watchers is very much i get like doctor strange vibes where they're like watching over the metaverse you know and the oath of the watchers is very much looking out for extra planar um forces so anyone outside of the material realm that like faerun and five edition typically takes place the oath of the watchers are looking for anything like that comes from different planes to disrupt life on the material plane which is super cool idea for it Um, they get a bunch of abilities and i don't think this is the best class i just think it's very cool and when you're going up against extra planar uh, foes you're very much strong (laughs) like um it's very niche but like if you're playing like a campaign that you know you're gonna go to like a different plane or it's all about like hunting down like this mind flare from another planet or whatever you're going to be very strong uh, in stranger that campaign. Things. very much stranger things right um so they get a bunch of spells that they get out to their pool the cool one for me is they get banishment which literally sends them back to the plane they're from um, they get that 13th level, um, and then hold monster, counterspell, some pretty cool stuff. Um, what's cool about them is they get, um, at level 15, it's Vigilant Re- uh, Rebuke. So when uh, you can use your wards to beguile someone, and whenever you, whenever a creature you see within 30 feet of you succeeds on intelligence or wisdom or charisma saving throw, you can use a reaction to deal 2d8 plus your charisma fire, uh, charisma modifier as force damage to the creature that was forced to make the saving throw. So it's all kind of built together, um, but they have a bunch of reactions that just let them like 
um yeah i know modifier <laughs> they just have a bunch of like uh, abilities that stock on stack on each other with uh, otherworldly beings and they get at level 20 they can invoke like this avatar form of like just like this guardian you gain for one minute you gain true sight to a range of 120 feet so <laughs> you literally see everything you have advantage on <laughs> yeah you have uh, advantage on attack rolls against uh, anything from another plane uh, and when you hit a creature with an attack roll you can force it to make a charisma saving throw and the creature if they fail is magically banished to its native plane so <laughs> wild. it's just like you just like tap them with your sword and if they fail it's gone you know it just disappears it's super cool that's wild yeah so that's the subclass i came up with what'd you guys come up with you, you want to go mine so i'm gonna need a minute <laughs> okay i'll go <laughs> like we've said before it's always bound to happen it's gonna happen um i went with the Oathbreaker, which is the one that i used for my class in i think it was your campaign drew i think so grimsite right yeah yeah um but instead of being just like this really annoying dark oath breaker which is like all i like to do is kill shit and not be a paladin i kind of envision him as the the crow from the movie the crow mm -hmm. to where he just strikes fear into people once he's seen but to people that need to be protected, he's just this giant teddy bear, even though he looks fucking just menacing as shit. He protects the people that needs to be protected, but still just a dark broody boy. I feel that. Um, they get Hellish Rebuke, Inflict Moons at 3rd level, Crown of Madness and Darkness at 5th, Animate Dead and Bestow Curse, Blight, Confusion. Like you said about... Uh, Oath of the Watcher, like, they just kind of have spells that stack on top of each other to just scare the shit and be almost like a necromancer of a paladin. Cool. Yeah, it's a cool different take on it. And they have the Aura of Hate, where as well, as well any fiends and undead within 10 feet of you gain a bonus to melee weapon damage rolls equal to Prisma Modifier, which adds on to your control undead. So if you raise like a small horde, they're whacking for some damage, which usually doesn't happen with skeletons. Right. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's that's my take on Oathbreakers. Nice, solid stuff. All right, Juan, what'd you come up with, dude? Now that I took. Okay, so my backup was. <laughs> um, I actually almost I almost played this. If I ever play a paladin, this might be the one I do. But uh, Oath of Glory, which is Ooh. pretty cool, because your whole thing it says. I'll just read it. Those paladins who take the oath of glory believe they and their companions are destined to achieve glory through deeds of heroism. And so the whole point is like, we're like meant to be great. It's like, I feel God in this chili is right now sort of energy. <laughs> <laughs> and so like your whole thing is like, you're, it might be for like selfish reasons, but you're like, I'm going to be a goddamn hero. And so is everyone traveling with me and I'm going to do everything in my power to do that. And I think we are here to become rad. legends. Like, your capstone level 20 is literally, you empower yourself with the legends, whether true or exaggerated, of your great deeds. As a bonus action, you gain the following benefits for a minute. You are blessed with an overworldly presence, gaining advantage on all charisma checks. 
Uh, once on each of your turns when you make a weapon attack and miss, you can cause that attack to hit instead. If you fail a saving throw, you can use reaction to reroll it. You must use this new roll. That's pretty broken, and I love the fact that it's like you're empowering yourself with the legends, whether it's you're gaslighting yourself or you actually did that. Dang. <laughs> you're a chat. That's cool. You're just like, I'm pretty damn awesome. I'm yeah. going to make sure that I hit this time. <laughs> yeah. Oath of Glory, um, I think there's a lot of really dope roleplay capabilities built into that of just like you're there to fuck shit up and make a name for yourself whether it be good or bad like gladiator style almost yeah pretty, pretty cool. much yeah and the cool thing about paladin subclasses and we won't go in and read them um but there is tenets for each subclass it's kind of just like the words they speak when they're sworn into this oath and like what they stand for pretty much the oaths they take um which is really cool so it gives a little more flavor when um characters are coming up with their paladin trying to choose what subclass to take um dms can kind of guide them based off of these tenets which is pretty sweet um like choosing what type of lantern you want to be green lantern orange lantern <laughs> true <laughs> um so uh going into the characters that we created um like i said I'll, I'll go ahead and start with this one. I'm playing a paladin right now. Um, his name is Magnus, and uh, Colin was kind enough. I told him, I was like, I just want to be a buffalo man. That, that's all I want. Further... Buffalo soldier. Further note <laughs> that I play lots of animals in D&D. &D. Um, that's true. Answerborn, <laughs> this guy. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, he, Magnus is, he's a sheep uh, farmer from up in these like Western mountains area. Um, and he was very, very con uh, like content with just being a farmer, you know, like he loved it. Um, but then he started to have like these nightmares of like this well. We talked about it last time, how my character is very scared of wells. This is kind of the story. He's very terrified of this one particular well in like the mountains. He believes that they're in the area that he was born where he raised all these sheep and guided them. Um, but in the nightmares, he always approaches this well and there's this cold evil voice luring him down, promising him all sorts of like, my power will be yours. You'll be able to conquer, destroy, reshape the world. All this stuff just whisperings and it scares the crap of him because he just senses how evil this place is. So trying to flee from these nightmares that happen every single night, he packs up and leaves his family behind. Um, it just like his parents that he knew and like all the friends and family and whatnot around him and he flees and he learns of like the watcher society and he very much has a passion to stop these nightmares he thinks taking up with them might help with that and build some courage so he takes up with them he becomes a paladin of the watchers and starts traveling and as he started gaining power with the paladins he um uh the nightmares started to subsist a little bit, um, but he still has them once a week. And every time he encounters a well, it's like, you know, Sonate when she sees blood for the first time. Like, she just freaks out, you know? And he just, he just kind of just like takes a step back. It's like hyperventilating a little bit and tries to get away as soon as he can. But at the same time, what's cool about him 
is he's very drawn to go into the well. He tries to flee because he's scared of what's down there, but also part of him is like, yeah, I want that power. So it would be very cool. Like when you're holding a fork looking at an outlet, you're like, (laughs) do I touch it? (laughs) Yeah. How bad could it really shock me? Yeah. So he's very much wants to be good, but there's very much a seed of corruption in him where if encountered in person in that well by that well he most likely would go down there and give it all up for power so it's it's definitely it would be a fun story to tell like um the corrupting of like a righteous person and like maybe redemption or just the corruption and that's the end of the story so that's my character i guess we'll keep it going in the way we did our subclasses yeah dude uh Again, like we said, it, it's it's recycling week. We're just using the characters had before. It's, yeah, it's not bad. Things have been going on. Hey, I wouldn't have created them if I didn't like them. True, true. Um, like I said, I played Grim Satet, who was the Oathbreaker Paladin, and he kind of he's kind of like Finn from. Even though I don't really like the newest trilogy of Star Wars. He's like Finn from Star Wars meets the Crow. He kind of like wakes up to the atrocities that they're the paladins are performing. Like they're not even asked to be in these areas and protect people, but they're just slaughtering masses. Jeez. So he defects, kind of breaks his oath and ends up just protecting people that can't protect themselves because that's all he saw people get slaughtered by the paladins showing up to these random lands killing people because they were told to Mm -hmm. so his oath now was just protecting the smaller guy and making sure that no matter what like that if you can't protect yourself no one is gonna fuck with you like he will always be there yeah give me big uh batman vibes i fucking love it I'm vengeance. Protector of the innocents. I'm pretty sure I said it like two or three times, but I just really wanted to get that point across, you know? <laughs> you know, vengeance. Vengeance. What? <laughs> Where are the drugs going? Um, I guess for mine, I would, now that I've actually been reading Oath of Glory, I would definitely go with this one. I would probably have it be a some like some fucking loser some like nerd from some village like some farmer who has nothing like i don't even make him like a farmer i would make him the son of a farmer but he's like the last son but like he's not really getting shit he's really bad at like being a farmer and stuff like that so he's just like you know what fuck this fuck you guys i'm gonna go make a name for myself uh and he's so like convinced that he's like gonna he's gonna prove them wrong and like make something of himself that he ends up becoming an oath of glory paladin um just so sure of himself that he gives himself power yeah just like so sure of himself he gives himself power but to like kind of give himself a head a bit of a head start uh when he starts going into like different towns he starts stealing stories from like other adventurers or like other bards and he's like yeah no like i did these things so he comes into town being like i slayed that dragon even though like he's never even seen a dragon in person gilderoy lockhart dude oh yeah exactly exactly oh he would essentially God. just be gilderoy lockhart but he gaslights himself into being <laughs> like this and, and just like gaslights everyone around him, he girl bosses into being like an actual paladin. But his back, his like secrets and backstory that he doesn't want anyone finding out is that his adventuring career started off on a lie. 
Okay, but is this guy scrawny or does he at least look the part? That's I haven't figured that part out yet. I feel like I might have him be like a like a, like a reverse Hercules from the animated show where like everyone fucking hates him and he goes and makes a name for himself. Uh, but he's not like a good person inherently. He's just like fuck you guys. I'm gonna be popular, uh, and so I kind of want him to go scrawny to buff as he yeah. like levels up. Okay. But like he's just, he, he's, he's, just has an intense workout regimen, just not fighting actual monsters. But like as a as a charisma caster, I, he's I feel like he'd be very good at bluffing his way and making people think that like yeah I might be a scrawny motherfucker, but like I am very I'm good. Like I I know how to do stuff, and it's like maybe he you know he stole his starting set of armor, and people like see the paladin insignia. Maybe he pretends to be like a paladin of like a certain order, even though he's an oath of glory paladin, but like no one figures it out. Playing that into a story would be so fun. Yeah, that's just uh, having him run across the banner. That'd be it. Muy, muy uh, keeping that one in the banks for later, because that'd actually be very fun to play. Yeah, that would. That'd be super fun to sit at the table with too. So, <laughs> like, hey, you you've done this before, right? Be like, yeah, totally. Shit. <laughs> in your dialogue, what the fuck am I I'm, doing? I'm just constantly rolling for deception checks. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, your high charisma. So. <laughs> That's so funny. Um, well, going into the lore of things, now that we've covered our characters, paladins aren't as um, well known as clerics are because most of the time they're huddled up in these orders. Um, paladins follow a very strict code and a lot of the time these um, codes have an organization tethered to them so like the watchers um, in lore sense there is a high watcher you know who kind of governs all the rest of them even though it's a very sparse group and so they go on assignments a lot so seeing a, a wandering paladin is kind of rare but um you can throw that in there like as if you are playing a paladin being like i'm on a mission at, from my group i need to stay in contact with them as much as possible but because i'm part of the um oath of glory and i've taken these tenets i'm traveling with this group of adventures to seek more glory um so you could use that to flavor like your backstory and how you play with them um the famous uh paladin that i decided to go with this week um is Pyrgeon paladin son the only reason i chose him is because his last name is paladin son uh no this guy's actually pretty cool he is the open lord of Waterdeep. He ruled there throughout most of the 1300s DR, Dale Reckoning, and he's the leader of the Lord's Alliance, which is that all the big cities up and down the Sword Coast is part of the Lord's Alliance. This guy sits at the head of the table. Um, he is a very tall, muscular, skinny, handsome man, and a firm jaw with dark eyes. Dreamy. He has hair curly, slightly graying at the temples, adding to the man's regal aura. Um, he's a high-level paladin for Tyr. Um, he is very much lawful good. Um, in We actually got statistics for him in 3.5. He was a level 17 paladin, which any paladin over the level 6, I think, is like 3% in the world. So this guy is very much gifted with the ranks of Tyr. And this just adds to the fact that 3.5 did go off of patron deity. So Tyr stood for... The god was very much justice, uh, loyalty, and he's also known as the maimed god. We'll get into that when we, if we cover religion section. I could go on and on about this. Um, but most of the, his activities leading up to him ruling were um, doing some adventures with a small group of party. Um, he 
very much proved himself as a martial fighter and he eventually rose to the ranks where you know they wanted him to rule over Waterdeep and he's done lots of good for the cities he helped out a lot when the um, cult of Tiamat was running around down the Sword Coast during that um, what was those Rise of Tiamat campaign module. So he, he helped out a lot with there, trying to steer things away from that. He didn't do a whole lot of uh, dealings with the Zenturum, which is a faction in Faerun, and he kept things in Waterdeep very clean, and he ruled with a very just but firm hand. Um, he's a very cool guy you could throw into your games as this high-level paladin ruling over the city of Waterdeep, which is like the second largest city on the Sword Coast, and also it'd be cool if like Waterdeep was under siege and actually taking 3.5 statistics, changing them to 5e and having him go out into the fray. It'd be really, really cool stuff to see. So that's our Paladin for the week, which is Pyrgeon, Paladin Sun. Very, very cool stuff. Alrighty, my dudes, we're here. What do you got for us, Juan? Best part. Alright, alright, so Sound Con earlier, uh, before we started recording and you were helping your kids, I was like, we. I never did one for Artificers, so we're gonna do a double round. Oh, hell yeah, let's get it. So we're gonna do Paladin first, because that's the episode. Okay. Um, what do you guys think? I have not I have not talked about any pop culture references this entire episode, so literally yeah, so the door is wide open. It could be anything. The door is wide open. Okay, cool. Um, can you give us any hints? Any clues? chart. You gotta, you gotta ask me some questions. Okay, cool. Um, is this guy a co- uh, comedy or very serious? What are we going for here? Both. Both. Depends on how you look at it. Both. Cool. Okay. Uh, I'm gonna guess for Paladin. I'm gonna say Nacho Libre. Okay. 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 He's not very close mu- at all, but I see where you're coming okay, from. Okay. He's very much a brother not in the Holy Order of the Church, and he becomes uh, uh, a luchador. So that's a Paladin. I'd say he. Dude. I'd say he's a good uh, pop culture uh, version of like a Oath of Glory Paladin. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> they believed in themselves so much they became one of the best wrestlers. <laughs> yeah, I did it for the kids, you know. I did I did it for the kids? <laughs> I okay, unfortunately. No. What do you What do you think, Colin? What What questions do you got for me? Uh, male or female? Male. Oh damn! Because I blurred one out, but now that I know that I'm switching it, I thought it was Bran of first. Oh, she'd be good. No, I already did a Game of Thrones character. So that's that's another thing is I probably I won't double dip franchises. They've got a lot of stipulations and rules, Juan. Yeah, well, guess what? I'm the game master, and I get to make up my own goddamn rules. <laughs> this is true. This is his segment. <laughs> Reality can be whatever he wants it to be. <laughs> Reality can be whatever You're I want. You're my hell now. <laughs> okay, male, and you said it's funny and male also serious. Male can be funny depending on how you look at it, but they play it off as serious, and I'll tell you it's a kid's show. Cool. Okay. Uncle Marketed Iroh. as a kid's show. What do you think? What did you say? Uncle Iroh? No. Good Man. try, though. Um, Jason Lee Scott. Anyone? Anyone? I'll give you a point if you can tell me who that is. I feel like I know the fucking name. I have no clue. <laughs> the real name is Jason Lee Scott. Jason Lee Scott. Not, not like, not the actor, but like the character's real name. Yeah. That is a. Uh, no guesses for who Jason Lee Scott is. No, I'm, I'm gonna feel like an idiot when you tell me though. <laughs> that is the name of the original Red Ranger hey, from Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Cool, <laughs> look at you go, dude! Throwback. He's a uh, he's very a clear example of an Oath of the Watchers paladin. His deity oh, yeah. is Gordon, uh, and he's protecting the Earth from extraterrestrials or you know extraplanar beings uh, like Rita Repulsa. So Jason Lee Scott is a 
uh, I think is an Oath of the Watcher's Paladin with multi-class with a bit of monk in there. Yeah, that's sweet. Dude, my favorite fucking TikTok I've ever seen was this dude sits there and like looks at the cameras like, okay, but we have to ask ourselves, are Power Rangers cops? Are Power Rangers cops? <laughs> Uh, no, but they are sea time captains. Fun fact that I learned by because uh, I follow one of them on TikTok. Um, he has legally been able to marry people because uh, under maritime law, if you captain a ship, you can like you have the authority to marry people. And a Power Ranger uh, captains a Zord. Technically, oh my god, that's so okay. Funny. I fuck, I fuck with that. I can fuck with sea captains. Uh, another honorable mention for Power Rangers is you can say that they're all warlocks. I specifically think that Jason or the Red Ranger is a paladin, uh, but the Green Ranger is definitely a warlock, a hexblade uh, yeah. warlock. Oh god, yeah. That that uh, okay. would be it. Well, I know it wants picking. <laughs> uh, for my uh, from my for Artificer, um, I will tell you your hints are: it is an anime. It is a male. Anime. anime. Those are your only hints. Male. Artificer. Artificer. An anime. Okay. Sasori from yeah. Naruto. Damn. No. Damn it. I didn't even I was... think about Sasori, but I see where your head I see where your brain is at. Puppet Master. Very close. Damn it. Um, I'm gonna go the same franchise and same group, but Daedra. Not Daedra. Is it Daedra? The dude who does Daedra's like, the guy with munchies. the hands. Yeah. Little munchies and he has his little critters. Do, do you think that Daedra ever makes out with his hand? Oh hell yeah! I'm sure he's more than that. I I don't think. Yeah, <laughs> I was gonna say I don't think That's he stops fair. there. <laughs> Wouldn't you at least once just to see what it's like? Oh, you know? For sure. If I didn't have ribs, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, no, the uh, you're both wrong. It's a uh, it. Full Metal Alchemist himself, Edward oh, Elric. Oh, I hate that's myself. perfect. Why didn't that I think beautiful. about that? Because we always want it to be Naruto. Damn it. Because we, the, the one show that the three of us talk about 24-7 is Naruto amongst ourselves, because you two are literally the ones who got me to watch it. <laughs> yeah. But, like, my, the first anime I ever finished, not oh, the first yeah. one I started, but the first one I ever finished was always Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood, and Edward so Elric is good. the perfect example of Artificer. He really is. Yeah. And, like, not stopping whatsoever. Also, I would say Tony Stark if we weren't doing anime. So Yeah, that's, that's facts. I, he was actually a very close second. I, you could also say like Batman too, right? Yeah, Batman. You can fit into a lot of things. Yeah, he's definitely like a multi class of like three of them. <laughs> yeah, he, I he feel like it, a lot. Bat Batfleck is definitely an artificer. Yeah, when he builds like the Superman suit. Oh yeah. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It's a pretty cool scene. Kind of, except for that movie, kind of fell on its face, didn't it? Uh, the director's cut bad. was pretty a lot better, but it still wasn't. Right. Here's my thing. I didn't really like. I don't know. Here, here's my thing with DC Comics. I know we're not talking about it that well. I think they're great. The comics themselves are dark, gritty. Everything I wanted Marvel to be. The comics and the, uh, and like the animated cartoons. universe. Like the one with uh, Mark Hamill. Uh, like oh, yeah. cartoon. Solid. Super stuff. Super cool stuff. But um, the the marvel not marvel the dc universe itself is kind of weird you know like i, I, I don't that think green it. lantern movie i don't do, do i smell it, future episode <laughs> I, I think we need to dude i think we definitely Break need down to. the marvel versus the D, dc universes no marvel versus dc dude let's freaking go oh 
We'll just Damn. do Injustice. Throw it all together. Is that the game? Inj- where they're Justice versus Civil War. Yeah. You could even do Mortal Kombat versus the DC Universe. Oh, true. Oh my god. <laughs> that game slapped. Yeah, I've played that a couple of times. That's pretty cool. Um, it is way more fun than I thought it was going to be okay. while we're on this well, tangent. Yeah. It, you know what game did suck, though, that I thought would be super sweet? The anime Battle Royale one, where it's like all the oh, uh, anime characters coming together. Uh, Force Jump? Yeah. Jump Force? That, that didn't go too oh, well. Oh, I said it backwards. Thank you, one. <laughs> that didn't end up too well, honestly. I didn't think it was that great. It's hard because I like seeing all the characters play in the same spot, but like you said, it just it it didn't it kind of well. fell, dude. Yeah, the idea. The story was... mode, it, yeah. The story mode was the ass part, but like playing the free play and just fighting your friends, that was okay. Yeah, but like that whole idea of like like of it all is the, great, it, but yeah. like the gameplay wasn't that solid. You know, it was just, I don't know. Idea great, it. execution poor, uh, just. <laughs> Total dud. Yeah, um, but I think I think we save these, uh, go more in depth with all this stuff, and because you know this is beyond the board. Beyond the board is definitely video games, so I think we'll get to that in a later episode. Um, Storyboards, boardrooms. <laughs> who knows? Who knows? Boardrooms. <laughs> that's all I want. Boardwalks. Like we'll just we're getting that. into it. We'll just analyze like the grain of wood on all the famous boardwalks out there. Maybe talk. We're about gonna get into stocks there. next season. Yeah, there you go. Stocks. <laughs> <laughs> we're the most educated people to tell you about and what to do with your money. It'll be uh, beyond the board, as in we are bored out of our minds. So <laughs> <laughs> we've we've. We've hit the end of the rocker room. We, we have nothing. We hit it. Well, ladies and gentlemen, this was a shorter episode, but Paladins are pretty straightforward as a class. Um, stick with us next time. I believe it's Rangers, fellas. Rangers Hell and yeah. Rogues, one of the two, which are going to be super, super fun. Rivers and Roads. Rivers and Roads. Rivers and Roads. <laughs> <laughs> Rangers and Rogues. Rangers and Rogues. <laughs> one is better, one is less. Find out next week. Uh, do we do a combined one? No, we can't do that. Anyways, uh, we'll talk to you guys later. Thank you so much for listening. Have a good one. Thank y'all.